This is episode 21 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome. In this episode, I am talking with Darina Lazo Gilmore, author and mama of three girls. This is the second time that we have talked together on the podcast. She first made an appearance in episode five, talking about her grief journey and the process of grieving with children. Today, she is back, and we are talking about chasing rest and the idea that there are a variety of ways to establish rhythms of rest in our homes. She has some great things to say. Today, I want to introduce you to a special activity you can do with your kids. Big and Little Coloring Devotional is a book that provides a creative outlet through coloring to diffuse stress while engaging intentionally with your children. Within just five minutes of use, you will discover why this is so much more than a coloring book. It incorporates physical, spiritual, and emotional refreshment for you and your child by providing authentic, faith-filled devotionals combined with therapeutic doodling. My favorite part? It was created by two mamas, Rachel Swanson and Jackie Coral, who were overwhelmed with the demands of parenting and created this book to nurture their spirits and connect with their children. It releases October 1st, and you can order your own copy at BigAndLittleColoringDevotional.com or wherever books are sold. Well, today I have with me Darina to talk with us about the essay that she has shared on the Kindred Mom community called Chasing Rest. Darina, how are you? I'm well. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And I'd love for you to begin by introducing yourself and your family. Well, I live in Central California in Fresno, and I have three daughters. My oldest is 11, my middle daughter is eight, and my youngest is five. And I'm married to Sean. Um, and yeah, we are kind of a new blended family. Um, my husband, my late husband passed away in 2014 from cancer and mm. Sean and I um, got married in 2016. So um, on a new journey. Well, I am excited to talk about your essay, talking about rest and the pursuit of rest and the importance of rest and what your journey to that place has looked like. Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, I feel almost like just laughing inside that I would be talking about this topic because rest has been so elusive for me for so many years. Um, but maybe that's why it's important for me to share and just be vulnerable with, um, other women and mamas about what that's looked like. Um, I kind of share this in the essay too, but I, I grew up in a family where we were constantly on the go. We're very busy. Um, I am so grateful for my parents and the many opportunities that they gave my brother and me just to be involved in, you know, sports and music lessons and, um, church youth group and all those different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But I grew up in this place where it was, we were always going at a fast pace and sort of melting into bed at the end of the day, um, with lots of other things left on our list of things to accomplish. Um, and so I think in some ways that sort of set the tone and part of it is also my personality that I'm an extrovert and I love to be involved in a lot of different things. I'm a creative. And so 
my nature is to gravitate towards busyness and to mm-hmm. fill up the calendar squares. And then I became a mama. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with mothering, you don't necessarily have control of your schedule, especially when your kids are, are very little. Um, so I remember when my three daughters were probably, I guess, under the age of five, um, you know, just getting so little rest and those just sleep deprived, nursing a baby, trying to get the older ones to go to sleep and all of that stuff. And there was a time where I think, you know, quite honestly, I felt bitterness in my heart about how little rest I was getting. (laughs) And I found myself in these hard conversations with people where it's like, I'd see these moms who could like get their kids to sleep at a certain time and they would take these two or three hour naps or they would tell me their perfect, you know, way to get children to sleep at night. And that was just not my experience. It wasn't my kids. It wasn't the lifestyle we had chosen. Um, And so anytime people would talk about sleep or naps or rest, I would just kind of tense up (laughs) because I was so just like frustrated and ashamed. And I didn't know a path out of the rhythm that I had, you know, made for myself, I guess. I don't know if my sleeping experience with kids at at their younger ages is the same, but I do remember um, a little stretch of time when my oldest two were really little and I was so far beyond tired and I just felt like everything made me mad (laughs) because (laughs) I just was holding on like by the very edge of what I had to give that day because when you're running on empty and you have no way to replenish because it's not like, oh, well, I'll just get sleep tonight because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I think, you know, that that was definitely my experience too. And then just, you know, I shared at the beginning just about my husband and his cancer journey. So once Mm -hmm. he got sick, um, I was caregiving for him around the clock. And so even more magnified, um, my rest was just completely out of whack. And And when I did have a chance to sleep, I had so much anxiety, just, you know, thinking about his sickness that I really had a stretch of six or eight months there when he was really battling cancer that I, I just couldn't rest. And, you know, physically I was completely run down and lost a lot of weight and, you know, I was in a bad place. So coming out of that, I knew that I needed to take care of myself and I needed to figure out what self-care looked like. And I needed to figure out how to sleep um, which, you know, is not always like, oh, okay, I'm going to make myself sleep. Let's do it. You know, like it doesn't happen that way. Um, so it's been a process for me in the last two years. And what did those first steps look like as you were dealing with grief and then trying to find your way into a new season? What did some of those first steps look like to prioritize or, or pursue rest in your life? Well, it's interesting. I think, you know, initially as we were grieving after my husband died. Um, it was about choosing to do things with my daughters that we could make some new memories. And so we did a lot of travel. We took time that we went to the ocean and we went to visit friends. And I just gave myself permission to sit and to think and to breathe and, you know, just kind of some of those basic things that I hadn't done in a long time. Um, and so that was the beginning of 
making an intentional choice and partly because it was like, I just, I needed, um, to carve that space out for the grief. Um, but as time passed and then eventually as I started dating my now husband, um, he became a huge influence on me in regards to rest. And it's kind of interesting because he's a, he's a triathlete and an Ironman and he coaches. And so for him, he sees rest as a part of training. So he trains hard and he eats well and he rests, he sleeps. And that's like a requirement for being an athlete. Yeah. And so when he first started talking to me about that, or he would say, Oh yeah, Sunday afternoons, I take a, you know several hours to take a nap so that I can recover for the week. I would yeah. just laugh. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how to do this that. This is and a foreign concept. <laughs> you clearly don't have children. Like <laughs> it was, just, yeah. it was yeah. funny in the beginning. And I thought, Oh yeah, you know, that's going to change for you. But Ironically, God used that to change me and to model Mm -hmm. for me, you know, what does Sabbath rest really look like? And, you know, not just choosing to do fun things that I like to do, but also to choose to give, give myself, you know, a nap time or time to rest and read a book or to do things that are a little bit quieter that I wouldn't have chosen before. So Sean really modeled that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that happened is that, and this was last summer, um, I signed up to run a marathon and I've, I've been a runner my whole life, but I usually don't do marathon distance. And with running a marathon, I had to, similar to what Sean had told me, I had to rest. Um, I had to put in long miles early in the morning cause I live in California in a, in a space where it's really, really hot. So I cannot yeah. run later in the day. I have to run um, at dawn. And so by the time it it would reach maybe like one or two o'clock, I would be crabby mommy if I did not take a nap. (laughs) And so that was really good for me because I learned, I set this rhythm for myself and for my children. And I will say like, there is a caveat here because I know there's probably mamas listening who have, have newborns or who have young kids or toddlers. And this was the zone when my kids were starting to be a little bit older. And I could say, you know, go in your room and have some quiet time or read a book or take a nap and they would do it. And I know when you have toddlers, that's just not always an option. Right. (laughs) But I began to see the light a little bit in that. Mm -hmm. And, and I began to see rest as something really beautiful that God designed for us. And it wasn't a cop out and it wasn't, you know, meaning that I was less efficient or accomplished, accomplishing less. It was actually something that would rejuvenate me for doing more work in the week to come. Yeah, I think it's such a a mistake to see rest as a waste of time, which is ironically how I have seen rest in different seasons of my life because I'm a a doer and I like to make things and create things. And I feel like I'm constantly making myself busy just because I love it. And I have seen rest as something that's definitely secondary um, until... I have talked with you about this before a little bit, um, but just seeing other people model um, kind of an intentional pursuit of rest in the midst of all these other amazing productive things that they do, that the rest is also productive and Mm -hmm. serves a purpose beyond, um, you know, keeping us from 
the part of life that is so challenging when we run ourselves ragged, um, that it's productive for even just the other work we do in our lives, whether it's our daily mothering or creative projects or um, just being at the ready for what God has for us that day because we have rested well. Yeah, you said that really well. I mean, I, I love the idea that rest is productive. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely been a shift for me. I mean, I think about my college days when I would stay up until one, two in the morning to cram for tests and, you know, I try to just push through and now Mm -hmm. recognizing like I'm a writer. And so as a writer that if I give myself that 20 or 30 minutes to lay down, that it's actually productive. And I wake up with a fresh perspective. I oftentimes feel like, man, I must've been writing while I was sleeping because I can just Mm -hmm. go to the computer and like start being creative. Whereas before I felt stuck. And so there is a productivity that happens in, you know, giving ourselves permission to rest. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit about the imagery that you talked about in your essay, the vines and Mm -hmm. how the resting was a period before new growth was a line that you put in there that I was like, oh, so good. Can you talk a little bit more about that uh, word picture or that idea that there's something that precedes um, us moving forward into something um, flourishing, um, having to do with rest? Yeah, this, the concept of flourishing is one that I've been really um, just studying and looking at kind of as a theme over the last couple of years. I've been working on writing a Bible study about flourishing and in that those verses in the Bible that talks about um, the vine and the vine dresser. And the thing that I recognized in just kind of studying that process and then also my own personal process of learning about rest is that when the vines are pruned back and they are quiet and it's kind of the winter season, Mm -hmm. um, there's actually, like we were talking about, a lot of productivity that's happening, but it's happening underground. It's not happening in the outward visible way. Um, It's a preparation for the flourishing that's to come or for the grapes that are going to, you know, the fruit that's going to come on the, on the vine. And Mm -hmm. for me, I learned that um, especially last year because I stepped out of several leadership positions and just different commitments and I worked on a book project. And so it was like, I had to have this more singular focus, whereas before I was involved in all these different things and I was good at multitasking, but when it comes to the writing, I had to be really focused and Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of outward Um, perhaps fruit or things that people could see that I was finishing or accomplishing, but I was working behind the scenes in the quiet of my room. And God really taught me a lot in that space too, that it's important for us to have those times where we just trust that he is working underground. And to some Mm -hmm. people, and I've been in these seasons too, it feels like a quiet season or it feels like maybe God's not there or he's not listening or he's not answering our requests when in fact he, he is working underground and he is putting those, those things into place that will help us flourish one day. 
Yeah, but as a little bit of a springboard off of that winter season, quiet, unseen space, I really think about that in terms of motherhood, especially in the early years, which maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't really tie into the rest message since we don't always get a lot of rest in those first five years with little ones. But I think there's so much um, that we do in quiet, unseen places Mm -hmm. that is preparing our families for flourishing down the road. And as we invest and are really committed to our little ones and teaching them and growing them and seeing their little hearts develop um, the character that we are shaping in those little years um, is something that, you know, we're sowing seeds that we see the fruit of in a much later time frame than we always think about. Like, I think sometimes I'm trying to teach my kids how to listen or to take responsibility for their actions. And I don't see that within the week or within the month or even sometimes within the year, but um, seeing that sometimes the unseen places, the work that's going on is really valuable and does produce a return um, in a much longer time frame than we maybe are are longing for, Um, but it's still so good. That's a, that's a really good point. I, I love that. Um, just thinking about, you know, my daughters too, and just some of, like you said, some of the things that I had to invest in, um, as a mother over time. And then these moments that would just kind of pop up and they would say something really deep, or they had remembered Mm -hmm. something that I had taught them. And it was like, Oh, wow. You Mm -hmm. you understood that. Or, you know, that kind of, just was a seedling that grew in your heart and then it gave them a greater understanding and it's like God cultivated that in them. And that those are those little moments that are encouraging to me because, you know, you have the hours and hours of breastfeeding or <laughs> changing diapers or, you know, setting boundaries for toddlers or whatever those things are that feel hard or feel, um, repetitive (laughs) when you're a mom of young kids um there is there is some redemption that can that comes it's just it's unpredictable when it will be yeah it's like discovering hidden gems at unforeseen times Well, I would love to know what are some of the ways um, that you now, I know you mentioned your Sunday afternoons and um, some of the ways that you prioritize rest in your life. Now, I'm not saying that you always achieve what you're out to do, but this essay talking about chasing rest, what are some intentional things you do to establish that as a, as a family value and something that you um, can pursue together? Yeah, this is definitely a work in progress for us. Um, But, you know, just with our family, we have tried really hard to make Saturdays kind of our play day where we do something different with our kids um, Mm -hmm. or with our community. And then Sunday, we have a rhythm of going to church and enjoying fellowship there. And then afterwards, we host a lunch with we call it a life group. So some different families who come over and, you know, just spend time relaxing around the table and eating and playing and praying for, for each other, which I consider that actually to be part of my rhythm of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually after they leave, then we have some time that's just quiet time in the afternoon. And it, whether it's, you know, mom and dad are taking a nap and the girls are reading or, something like that. And I try my hardest not to be working on lots of other little things, um, 
you know, things in the office or writing projects or that kind of thing, but to just really give myself that space to breathe and to journal. And that's not something that I ever grew up with. And, um, for many years, my late husband and I being involved in ministry Sunday was not the day that we, (laughs) we ever had space to rest. There was lots of meetings and, you know, calls and, trying to get ready for the new school week. So grading papers for my husband and those types of things that kind of just encroached on that idea of Sunday being our Sabbath. And I don't believe it has to be Sunday. I think that, you know, every family and every individual just kind of needs to figure that out for themselves. Like, how can I just really make this part of my calendar, part of my rhythm and, that was something for me that was really huge. And a lot of talking through that with my husband. I mean, even tonight we were just, you know, the school year is about to start. And so we were kind of making a list of, okay, what things are you involved in? What am I involved in? What are the kids involved in? Mm -hmm. What are we going to say no to this year? And what are the things that God's really calling us into for this new school year? Yeah, I love that you said every family has to navigate that for themselves, because I know there are some seasons that will just be full and they will be exhausting. Um, And then there are times where we can just make hard decisions about how to empty out whatever is unnecessary and commit to the the time of connection and setting down the work and setting down the busyness um, for this restorative space that you're talking about. And I also love that you, you hinted at this. You didn't say it directly, but I just feel like I've heard this from you before in a variety of different spaces, just how, um, you know, chasing rest isn't like trying to measure up to some idea, like rest is something that you're supposed to be achieving right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But that rest is kind of an invitation into recognizing that we're not made to be constantly working, constantly going, constantly, you know, to prove something, but Mm -hmm. that it is um, an element of something that will help, um, just bring wholeness to our lives that if if we are constantly pouring out and constantly going and doing that um, we might be missing out on some of the beauty that happens in that quieter space Um, at least for me I have found that times of reflection and I mean I'm the I rarely will take a nap which is maybe just the life of a mom with six kids or maybe a little bit of my personality. Just like if I have an empty space, I fill it with something or I cook up some new project or scheme or, you know, strategy Mm -hmm. to um, do something. But I, I just really am growing to, to recognize that there are beautiful things that happen when I am just pressing pause and seeing what I notice when I'm not constantly going. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, it, my husband always says, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to sleep, but that you need to stop. And yeah. just in that space that your body, um, is changing its pace and resting, you know, so it's not this like, okay, put it on your list. You have to take a nap and then you have to mm-hmm. check it off. Like it's another task that you have to accomplish. Or like you said, yeah. that it's something to prove. Um, and for me, there's kind of that 
distinction too between self-care and soul care because we need to take care of ourselves and so you know for each person that might mean something different but you know it's taking care of our bodies and making sure we're we're making healthy choices and um you know, just attending to our physical needs. Mm -hmm. But then for me, God has also been showing me a lot that I need to take time for that soul care. And that goes to a little bit deeper level and everybody, you know, that, that might play out in different ways. So for me, example, for example, I'm a runner. So to go on a run by myself and to listen to worship music is a time that I'm in prayer, that I'm really taking care of my soul and spending time with the Lord. Now, mm-hmm. the next person might be like, well, running is not resting. <laughs> and, and that's totally, you know, fine. Cause that might not be their thing. Like maybe they need to go sit in a hammock or maybe they need to, you know, sit by the lake or, you know, there, I think we all need to kind of figure out what that looks like for ourselves and for our bodies and for our needs and, and even within our family, kind of how that can play out and being mindful that it's going to be different for each person and we shouldn't judge each other for, you know, what you're doing or what you're not doing, but to encourage each other to chase that rest. Yeah. I was just going to mention that, um, one thing that I started doing, I read a book that I've probably mentioned on the podcast before, cause I really love it. Um, it's called freedom of simplicity by Richard Foster. And mm. I read it about, I would say nine years ago or so. And there was something about reading that book and um, his description of simplicity and what it affords us in our um, our spiritual walk with Christ and really in the practical everyday space of life that I just decided this is something that I want to figure out how to have simplicity as a core value of our family. And yeah. so when I first read that book, I had, I think, two children at the time, and they were very, very little. And so I was right in that new mom space of like, okay, life is crazy. I'm exhausted. I am not sleeping. I don't know what simplicity looks like, um, but I'm just going to start pursuing it in any way that comes in my path, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting to me. Um, I just liken this to your idea of chasing rest. In my case, I think it has looked a little bit more like chasing simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to mention that for someone who's in that new mama space, that taking naps may or may not be an option. <laughs> if it is, great, capitalize on it. But um, in pursuing simplicity for me, it's been definitely being very choosy about what we commit to. It's simplicity in not just physical spaces like having fewer things or, but keeping the calendar a little bit more sparse and just trying in each season of our lives to evaluate what is necessary and important in that particular season um, has been a really pivotal part of my own I don't know, pursuit of this same idea of just having some kind of equilibrium or some kind of centered place that I don't constantly feel empty. Just Mm -hmm. as another way of explaining that idea for really the new mamas who might be listening to this and are like, how does this work for me? (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's so good. I'm going to have to look for that book too. I haven't, I haven't heard of that one before, but yes, I definitely want to encourage, you know, the new mamas or the, you know, if you have multiple kids and, 
it doesn't always, you know, look that traditional way. And I think that was for me where I struggled and I had some bitterness in some of those years because I felt like rest needed to look a certain way. And it was just, you know, part of the realization is like, okay, how can I take what I already need to do? For example, breastfeeding, you know, that was something that was an important value to me, but it was a big shift for me when I had my first child because I was such a busy person. And so to sit in a glider for, you know, six hours (laughs) or whatever, just, you know, sometimes would make me feel like a crazy person. And it wasn't until I got more into this mindset of this is a precious time that I have with my child, a quiet time that I have with the Lord, even just, um, the book 1000 gifts by Ann Voskamp. I read that book, um, with my third baby and just kind of, you know, reframing that time. Like I could use this time to think about the gifts and to put on a posture of gratitude, um, instead of kind of resenting that I'm not doing something else or I'm not with the rest of the family or those types of things. Yeah. That's another one of my favorite books. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely on the same wavelength. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts, Darina. Um, I love this essay and I hope people will check it out if they didn't read it when it was first shared. And um, thanks so much for sharing. Well, thanks for inviting me. And I love what, what you all are doing with Kindred Mom. Um, I hope I hope more mamas just are encouraged through the words that are shared on the blog. This conversation about chasing rest is one that hits really close to home for me right now. I would say that I see the importance of everything that Darina and I talked about, but I'm currently in a season where I have a desire for this rest, but I struggle to follow through with making it happen. I especially like that she said that rest is not just one more thing to check off of a to-do list. I'm grateful for that because... I think it's easy to look at an ideal or set a goal for even something like prioritizing rest, and if we're not able to meet that goal or realize that ideal the way that we hope, it's easy to feel shame or feel like a failure at resting. That is just silly to me. I refuse to feel like a failure for not prioritizing rest. Now, I do want to do better. I do need that rest for myself and for my family. I hope that you will consider the invitation to rest is truly an invitation. Permission to figure out what that looks like for you in your current season without any mom guilt or envy of how others prioritize rest in their lives. Rest is about honoring your limitations, about recognizing the value of you and your well-being. Prioritizing rest is a way of loving your family well. There's one more thing I'd like to mention before I wrap up. I want to ask you, are you a mama who feels frustrated, overwhelmed, exhausted, anxious, or lonely in your motherhood journey? Well, if that is you, I have an exciting announcement to make. The Kindred Mom Vision Team, all five of us, have put our heads together to create a quick resource guide for moms who are feeling all of these things. We're calling it Manage the Mayhem of Motherhood, 52 Ideas to Help You Flourish. These ideas come out of our real-life experiences of things that have helped us get through the tough times of mothering. We're putting the finishing touches on this guide as we speak and are eager to send it out to our email subscribers. If you would like to have a copy, we would love for you to join our email subscriber list. You can find the link to do so in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening today.